Good morning, Retreat Church. So good to bring the Word of God to you and so good to hear about what's going on in your week as you um, press into the Lord. Keep the messages coming. Um, keep the words of encouragement coming. And uh, keep the prayer request coming. I think that um, we're learning how to be a church in these um, trying days. And I think it's only going to make us stronger when we can once again meet together in this great uh, place that we call our, our sanctuary, our, our place of meeting, our worship place. It's definitely not the church. <laughs> the church is you. The church is people. And um, we've got a lot of exciting things going on in the church, in the, in the people. And I've come to be amazed about how quickly a person can be changed by the power of the Holy Spirit. There may be years and years of struggle as a person fights through doubt, rebellion, questions, problems, struggles, ups, downs, all of those things. But when they finally come to a place of conversion in their heart, when God finally does that work of turning their heart towards Him and then filling Him with or, or her with His Holy Spirit, there's this undeniable start shift within a person's mind and heart and God begins to move in their lives in very powerful ways and sometimes when we see these changes um, people make comments like I never thought so and so would ever do this I never thought that this person would ever become this and they become brand new people totally changed radically renewed by the power of the Holy Spirit and it is amazing that how, how fast that shift can take place. And I know that some of you are, might be listening to me this morning and saying, how fast? I've been praying for my brother for so long. I've been praying for my sister for so long, and there seems to be absolutely no change. There seems to be absolutely no movement. It's as though God is not even reaching out to them. It's as though God's not even working in their lives. I know that you feel that way, and you know what, I often have felt that way as well, and what I've come to understand is when that change actually occurs, those moments of doubt and those questions and those rebellions and all that made those years um, of rejecting the gospel what they were, there's a bunch of stuff in there that starts to become very, very important, very valuable it becomes that which later on will confirm their faith. So I want to talk to you this morning about this idea that that which confuses can confirm our faith. That which confuses can confirm our faith. Peter, the apostle, is a wonderful example of this kind of idea. We're talking this month all in Acts chapters 1 and 2, primarily chapter 2 over the last several weeks, and we're going to stay right there. So if you grab your Bibles and turn to Acts chapter 2, we're going to reference one other passage, but we're going to pretty much be staying right here in Acts chapter 2 for the moments that we have together. Peter is an example of this idea that that which confuses can confirm our faith, for we see Peter lose all hope and become radically confused at the crucifixion of Jesus. 
If you read in your Bibles for your, your own devotional time, read Acts, excuse me, read John chapter 18, verses 15 through 27. You'll see how when Jesus was arrested and was taken away to his crucifixion, Peter was following behind. And it says that another disciple followed as well. We come to understand later that that was John, the author of the book of John. And so John had this first like eyewitness, first person account of Peter following along as well. And Peter was following along and he began three times to reject Jesus. Peter was horribly confused. Peter had seen the miracles. Peter had witnessed Jesus do all of these great things, had lived with Jesus for three solid years, but yet when Jesus allowed himself to be um, arrested and taken to this into trial and moving towards crucifixion, Peter denied Jesus three times. He flat out rejected him because of this idea that Jesus was allowing himself to be arrested and taken into into the place where he would be crucified. And for that, Peter was horribly confused. And doubt was really what filled his heart. Doubt was what filled his mind. But notice, 50 days later, just shy of two months, Peter is preaching this amazing Holy Spirit-empowered sermon, and thousands of people are coming to faith in Jesus Christ. And so there's this place where he was confused, but then he was confirmed in his faith that all that he thought he knew before he was confused was now solidified in his heart and mind. And the Holy Spirit had filled him and empowered him and changed him. Notice, as you start looking, that Jesus was confirming and commissioning or restoring and commissioning Peter in John chapter 21. So this conversion started right there after the resurrection of Jesus. And this radical change in Peter's heart coming from a man that would throughout the ministry of Jesus be the hothead, be the one sticking his foot in his mouth, being the one flying off the handle, being the one making outrageous requests of Jesus. Peter was your typical type A personality that was about himself, that was pushing towards wanting to be at the top, always the center of attention, always the first to speak, and usually wrong. Peter was that guy. And then he became radically confused, rejected Jesus, But then when Jesus resurrected from the dead, he confronted Peter in an undeniable way, restored Peter, commissioned Peter, and then we have Peter's sermon in Acts chapter 2. We see in this sermon so many things, and there's so many different perspectives that you and I can take and looking at this sermon by Peter. But what I want to do is look at this sermon of Peter's and be looking at Peter himself, what transformation happened within the preacher? Now there's so much to be unpack in this passage, but we're just thinking this morning about the preacher, about Peter and the radical change and confirmation in his own heart. And we see that here as Peter began to preach, Peter clearly understood the prophecies concerning the arrival of the Holy Spirit. So last week when we looked at chapter 2 verses 1 through 21, you saw Peter give a logical answer to that which was confusing everyone. 
And you see that the Holy Spirit enabled Peter to give a solid, reasonable, evidence-based, logical answer to what was causing the confusion. And he gave that to them. But now in our text this morning, or this afternoon, this evening, middle of the night, whenever you're viewing this, whenever you're listening to the podcast, you'll see this, that Peter proclaimed what was commonly known, yet not commonly lived out. That is such an amazing change for Peter. This is such a radical shift from Peter. Look at what he says in his sermon when he in verse 22 of chapter 2 acts he says this sorry i got to turn my page it says this men of israel hear these words jesus of nazareth a man attested to you by god with mighty works and wonders and signs that god did through him in your midst as you yourself know In other words, Peter's pointing out the obvious. He's saying to them, you know the things that Jesus did. You know the blind received sight. You know that the dead was raised. You know that He fed thousands of people from just a little bit of food. You heard His powerful teachings as one teaching with authority. That is undeniable of what Jesus was doing. And the people of this day did not deny that Jesus was a powerful person sent from God did not deny that that was commonly known by everyone in that part of the world so Peter brings up this obvious point but yet the people of his day were not living this out they were not putting in practice the things that they knew about Jesus so here's Peter proclaiming this and again in verse 23 he says this Jesus delivered up According to the definite plan and foreknowledge of God, you crucified and killed by the hands of lawless men. So he speaks about the crucifixion. He speaks about that thing, that that place in his life that caused him great confusion. Remember, it was that moment when Jesus was led away and as to be crucified and Peter began to follow and most likely John following with him and Peter denies Jesus three times because he does not understand why Jesus would allow himself to be crucified doesn't get it but after Jesus resurrection after the infilling of the Holy Spirit Peter is done a 180 on that now Peter instead of being confused he's talking this language in chapter 2 and verse 23 when he says this Jesus delivered up according to the definite plan and foreknowledge of God that doesn't sound like a confused person anymore this sounds like a person that understands Genesis through Malachi this is a person that understands what God has been doing throughout all of history so he starts with that which is undeniably understood by everybody it's plainly obvious and then he goes into what may be not plainly obvious that which is confusing that which caused him to rebel and doubt Jesus but now has been confirmed in his heart and Peter is speaking as a person that was once confused but now that very thing that confused him the crucifixion of Jesus now confirmed his faith and propelled his preaching I am amazed because this change only takes place by the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives 
That which confuses you today. That which causes you to doubt today. That which causes you to wonder if God is real, if God is really active in your life, if God really cares about you. I challenge you in just a few moments to look at those things and I believe that it will be those very things that will one day confirm your faith in a holy, righteous, loving God. We also see that Peter then proclaimed Jesus to be the resurrected Lord and Christ. Look at verses 26. Started reading there. I'm sorry, uh, verse 24. God raised him up, loosening the pangs of death because it was not possible for him to be held by it. For David says concerning him, I saw the Lord always before me, for he is at my right hand that I may not be shaken. Therefore my heart was glad and my tongue rejoiced. My flesh will not, excuse me, my flesh also will dwell in hope. For you, speaking to God, have not abandoned my soul to Hades or let your Holy One see corruption. You have made known to me the paths of life. You will make me full of gladness in your presence. And so Peter takes these words of David and these words that prophetically Pete David was speaking about the Christ and about the resurrection, that David knew that one day God would bring about a Messiah and would not allow that Messiah to see corruption, that he would resurrect that Messiah and that he would be with that Messiah as well. So Peter explains. He says, brothers, I may say to you with confidence about the patriarch David that he both died and was buried and his tomb is with us today. Being therefore a prophet and knowing that God would, had sworn with an oath to him that he would set one of his descendants on his throne. For he foresaw and spoke about the resurrection of the Christ, that he was not abandoned to Hades, nor did his flesh see corruption. This Jesus God raised up, and of that we are all witnesses." Being therefore exalted at to the right hand of God, that's his ascension, which we spoke about a few weeks ago, and having received from the Father the promise of the Holy Spirit, that's them, they've received it, he has poured out this that you yourselves are seeing and hearing. For David did not ascend into the heavens, but he himself says, The Lord said to my Lord, Sit at my right hand until I make your enemies your footstool. Then then Peter finally finishes and he says in verse 36, Let all the house of Israel therefore know for certain that God has made him both Lord and Christ. Notice Peter says, And may you know for certain. Boy, just 50 days prior, Peter was cussing out a little girl at a fire. Saying, I don't know him. And now he's preaching this sermon. And he's quoting from the prophet Joel. He's quoting from David. 
He understands that this is the perfect plan of God based upon the foreknowledge of God, that this was not a a question, this was not anything chaotic, this was totally planned out, totally laid out by God's sovereignty, spoken of by the prophets, understood by their patriarchs, and now Peter, full of the Holy Spirit, is taking that which once confused him and using it to confirm the faith of people that he was speaking to. And so I understand that there is so much going on in our world. So much happens on a daily basis that you and I are so tempted to kind of shift from strong faith to weak faith back to strong faith and we just live on this wobbly ground so often because we allow things in our life to disrupt what we're believing about God. And I'm going to ask you to stop avoiding those things in your life that cause the confusion. And I'm going to challenge you today as we finish up to embrace that which causes doubt, for through it, God will confirm your faith. If you simply face those doubts, if you start looking at them consistently, if you start asking yourself, what do we really know about that which is causing my doubt? If it's an event in life, we talked this, this week with our, our district superintendent and talking to the different um, pastors on the Southern California district, and we looked at where we were. Are you in fear? Are you in the learning stage? Or are you in the growing stage? And all of this question needs to take place within the things that cause you to doubt. Are you simply living in fear? And you're just stuck there? And you just live afraid all the time, afraid of what might happen, afraid of what might happen again, afraid of what is happening, and you just are paralyzed and you're just stuck there in this fear stage? Or have you started looking rationally and consistently and fully at the things that cause you fear and the things that cause you doubt? Are you learning about these things or are you just living in an ignorant fear? Have you done any research? Have you done any talking to experts? Have you sat with anybody with any experience and start to learn about these issues that are confusing you and that are causing you to doubt? Because I believe that if you start learning, if you start moving in that direction of acquiring knowledge and understanding, we believe that you will move from this position of fear to a position of learning to a position of growth. And you will stand with Peter And you will ask the Holy Spirit as you look into the things that cause you confusion and doubt. And you will say, Father, will you fill me with your Holy Spirit that I may have understanding? Because I I know, Lord, that your word says that your Holy Spirit will lead and guide me in all truth. And so, Father, I pray that you fill me with with your Spirit. Help me to face what causes confusion. Help me to face what causes doubt. Help me to be a learner. Help me to be a person that is moving into growth. And not avoiding, not masking, not ignoring, not pushing to the side, not lying about it, but embracing it, learning about it, and moving into a stage of growth. And as the Holy Spirit fills your heart, that which causes that which causes confusion and doubt will one day confirm your faith. And those of you that are struggling with those that meant maybe you thought of at the beginning of this message when I told you it is a miracle about how fast God can change someone's heart and your immediate thought was somebody that you've been praying to for years, somebody that has been struggling for years, somebody that is in the position where Peter was as he doubted and as he struggled with this. My challenge for you this morning is this, that you cannot shield 
your loved ones from the aspect of life that caused doubt. You cannot protect them from that. Boy, we wish we could. But you can't do it. You can't protect your children from all that's going to come in to them and face them in their world. They will face things that cause confusion. They will face things that cause them to doubt the very things that you long for them to believe the most. And you cannot protect them from all of them. However, you can walk with them in the power of the Holy Spirit and model what it means to grow in faith. You can be that example. You can be that person like Peter that took what confused him and then had it confirm him. And you and I can live as an examples of faith. We can live as, as examples of what it means to, yes, understand that we all get afraid, but we will learn and we will grow and we will ask God to fill us with His Holy Spirit that we too may be a person that has gone from confusion to confirmation. Let's pray. Father, I thank You today that Your Spirit, Lord, the same Holy Spirit that filled Peter and those on the day of Pentecost and empowered them mightily to proclaim the Gospel that is Yours. We pray, Father, that You would fill each listener today as they are listening and as they are watching this video, as maybe they are wanting to push against something, maybe something in their life is causing them great confusion and great doubt. Father, we pray today that they would overcome that by the power of Your Spirit, that You would use that very thing that is causing confusion, and that you would use that thing to bring them to a place of strong and confirmed faith. We love you. We ask that you continue to do your work through all of the churches, not just the retreat church, but Father, we thank you for the move of God that is being evident in these days. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. We'll see you next time.